Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team your attention please it's time for last call a behind the scenes and candid conversation from a's baseball that's gonna be gone and it's back to back to back you believe that to mic'd up memories to industry insights an after-dark illumination of our national pastime. Here's Amelia Schimmel and Jessica Kleinschmidt. Let me find my notes. All of a sudden, I can't find my notes. <laughs> it's fine. This is fine. It's my first day. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. And all, I, all it really says is intro. I know what the intro is. <laughs> <laughs> We're leaving this in, right? Yeah, of course. Thank God. <laughs> Welcome back to Last Call. That was a good one. Oh my God. Ooh. Jessica Kleinschmidt here with Amelia Schimmel. Not going to lie, I was a little aggressive on the cheers. Aggressive? No, I think just like perfectly. I I, I thought it was great. I was an aggressive go getter on the cheers. Um, that's okay. It happens to the best of us. I think it was, uh, we almost broke the glasses. I will say that that is very true. Sorry. That's just the alarm to give my cat her insulin. So if you want to know how my social life is going, if you want to know what we are up to at 10 15 <laughs> at night, I already gave her the insulin though. Not to worry. She's but you fine. did it with a, a wonderful glass of bourbon and you used yeah. it like one of those full ice cubes. That's maturation. Yeah. But I put the bourbon in first and then I dropped in a huge, you know, I'm ice setting you up for like success Thank and you're just you. bringing yourself back. I know down. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not taking it home on that one. I appreciate you, you setting me up on that one. I did put in the bourbon first. I dropped in the giant square ice cube bourbon everywhere. And so that's called balance. I would assume. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, the A's could not balance out tonight. They did take the loss to the Angels one to zero. A really interesting game because there, there weren't a lot of negatives to go over minus the loss itself. Mm -hmm. But one positive to take away is it was two hours and 14 minutes. That is the shortest time of the season for the A's. I can't mm -hmm. speak for everybody. I wish I could, though. Um, <laughs> and but you mentioned this really cool quote when I, we were talking about like how sh the shortness of the game. Well, I just I just. For me, a four-hour win is always better than a two-hour loss. So I don't really, you know, it's nice that it was a quick game, but I'm there for more baseball. I would have taken a win. I always think that if we go into like 17 or 18 innings and we win, that's the best, you know, that's way better 
than a two hour loss for sure. But uh, coming, it was crazy because co- coming from somebody who doesn't do the post game stuff, yeah, you would right, say that right. this I, girl, the last pitch, she says all the things, boom. right. I'm out door to door. I got, so six forty PM game. Yes. I got home at nine 15 PM. How's that for a stat? And my sister who works for the Cubs had not left the ballpark yet. Yeah. And she is in the Chicago time zone. So for you do the math. Game. You do the math. I will not, I but won't. you do the math. I won't home. either. Um, so it was nice work by Cole Irvin. I was very impressed what he did. He made it through eight innings, five hits, one run. It was earned zero Bebes. And I say Bebes because I don't like to say walks, walks. Um, one home run and <laughs> six strikeouts, 94 pitches. Amelia, how many strikes do you think he threw? Don't give the number. I want to give the number. Uh, how many did he, did he throw? Oh my gosh. Thank you for asking. Yeah. He threw 69 strikes. Another thing that I love about Cole Urban, I'm not even kidding, is the warm-up sequence. Um, first of all, he's doing a lot of stuff off the field right now. He's running a lot more, which is helping his stamina. And he said that that's something he's been introducing into his off the field stuff, and it's been helping him. Um, his warm-up song. That's that's oh, your God. jam. His warm-up song is my jam. It just it just slaps so hard, and I I I shudder to think that I would say a country song slaps, <laughs> but. I will, because it just, it just oozes baseball. It's like, Hey, the game is starting now. And this song is playing and we're getting amped up. It's a great pitcher walk-in song. It's not, I agree. Not a batter walk-up song. That would be different. I was thinking that too. It's not a good, like batter song, but it's great for a warm-up. It's a fantastic song for, and I, we just always are singing. And then I'm like reluctant to to announce the visiting batter, like the leadoff mm-hmm. batter, because I'm singing. Yeah. So how dare they walk up to the plate while I'm singing? And speaking of that, I'm glad they do that because you have to eventually stop. However, <laughs> I love when you announce Cole Urban. Oh, thank you. Because you do the Ur- 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 Yeah, I have yeah. fun with that one. So it actually kind of sounds like it's part of the song. <laughs> Fair. Um, I have a funny story for you about Cole Urban. Yes, so please. he's also, he's a mainstay on the in-between Jumbotron talks that we interviewed the guys during spring training he absolutely hates seeing himself up there There was one in particular I won't give it away he was like I got very passionate about it I hope people don't think I'm weird because he just (laughs) you know you have the Kirby Sneeds of the world the Kevin Smiths of the world who make it a quick simple answer and there's Cole Irvin who just puts his he gets really into it and he's like I don't want people to think I'm trying to think which I'm one intense. it was, but I remember seeing him in a couple of those different features. And by the way, we shoot those at spring training and we kind of sit each player down in a production tent and the producer will ask them questions to, just to get their personality out. You know, is a hot dog a sandwich? Or, it is. Um, <laughs> are there more wheels in the world or doors in the world? Please don't bring that up because that's going to like really add, that's going to add seven hours to this conversation. Oh, because you have an opinion on that? I, I have the correct opinion on it. What is your correct opinion? So David Fletcher loves, I move, I can't, I can't talk about it. I have to move on. But, no, I'm you, changing you, subjects. You're changing, okay, fine. Yeah. Okay, the only thing I will say, but we won't decide whether there are more doors or wheels in the world, but I will say that Cole Irvin's answers to those questions are fantastic. Yes. So he should- like want to see himself on the video board because he is great on the board. He has like presence and personality and it's fantastic. Yeah. But he, he just, his thing is, is he's like, I don't want it to look as if I'm getting too passionate about something silly that these were, this is what he said. I'm not saying this is a judgment thing. It's okay to get passionate about weird stuff, but that's what he said. Um, so David Fletcher, really good at baseball. I made a joke earlier. Now when the A's and the angels, Played today it was their 1000th career game against each mm-hmm. other 
And I feel like David Fletcher has had a hit in each one of those games. Yes. You know, at one point in the game, and we have a machine in the control room that determines the stats that go in what we call the stat space and on the big board. So if you look up, there's like a little bit of a rectangle that has a bunch of different stats. And it used to be stuff like, you know, A's are 14 and 0 and night games when the temperature is 75 degrees or above, like weird stuff, but we kind of tailor it to all right, how well do you do with runners in scoring position or how well do you do in Oakland or whatever? So for visiting players, we don't put the best stuff up there, right? We want to like kind of show that like, all right, maybe sometimes there's an opportunity to get this guy out. And for the A's players, it's like if somebody's batting 400 with runners in scoring position, we want to show that. And I look up for David Fletcher when he gets when he gets up for his like fourth at bat. And I see that his batting average in Oakland is 414. Yeah. And uh, there's nothing you can do to cover that up. You got to just put the facts on the board sometimes. Yeah. So he, you know, he he's the A's killer, and yeah, I think he's batting yeah. three three something against the A's overall. Um, and with the way he hits the ball, it doesn't matter what the strike zone is. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna make you an honest person. But Elvis Andres, on the other hand, heading into today's game, two eighty nine with two hundred and forty four hits against the Angels. Woo. Yeah, that's cool. People forget he was on the I mean, Rangers. He, he did play for on the five, Rangers for five thousand years. Yeah, <laughs> he did play for the Rangers. And and speaking about another guy who kind of turns you know balls above his head into hits, like that's that's something that I kind of see from Elvis sometimes too. He has like mm-hmm. a really good you know eye for the strike zone, and sometimes he can just kind of throw his bat out there and flip one into yeah. the right field or something. So I love the way that he approaches the plate. Like he knows everybody. One moment in particular, speaking of Rangers, he of course was traded from the Rangers. Jonah Heim was part of that mm-hmm. trade, but he just walked up to Jonah and he was just like patting him on the back. And Martin, Martin Gallegos, he is the MLB. What is he? The he, MLB.com beat writer for the Oakland A's. Wow. Um, and your work husband, my work husband, mm-hmm. uh, but not today. It's a whole different thing. You guys are on, we are in a domestic he's sleeping on the fake couch. If you know what I mean tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> oh no but martin noticed it and i thought that was a really cool moment yeah uh martin gallegos martin gallegos received, closer to the mic next received time. an a's cast t-shirt today ask me how many a's cast t-shirts i own amelia how many do you own jess one less than one <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's zero so when you think about that um you know i literally can't even I can't all what, either. What did Martin do to get this Ace Cast t-shirt? Was he's, County like shooting him out of a t-shirt gun at close He told range? me that he just asked for it. And he's like, oh. I bet you if you asked, I'm like, I don't want to ask. We shouldn't have to I ask. shouldn't have to we ask. We shouldn't have. We, we have a hit show called Last Call on we Ace have. Cast. Come on. I was like, Martin, <laughs> I know you're the most tenured beat writer, but like I exist. And, you know, I was trying to like dumb down the shirt, <laughs> not going to lie. When I touched that shirt, it felt like it silk. Nice. It was so nice. It was soft. I was it? like, shoot, this is so soft. <laughs> it's like, you know, the episode of Bridesmaid where she's drinking the lemonade. She's like, Ooh, that's fresh. That's fresh. Yeah. That's how I felt. Yeah. I really wanted to bash on the shirt, but it was so good. Ugh. Um, but he eventually brought me a diet Dr. Pepper thinking it would make up for it. Didn't work. How is that supposed to make up for it? Bring I do some chicken tenders. Cause um, you had chicken. Well, I did. Soup. I did eat the rest of his fries. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, you and I loved this Nick Allen. I want to call it a fake catch, but basically what had happened and Elvis did it recently. He, there was a runner on first and he 
attempted to make this fake catch on the infield, but he dropped it in order to create a double play situation. Right. And so when it occurred, um, I just hear like this, like kind of a swift to the right of me and to the right of me, I have all the angels beat reporters and PR. And they looked at me and they were like, Oh, it's that darn A's bench coach. Tricky A's. Yeah. And I, when I was just like, what are you talking about? And they said, well, it's Brad Osmus. This is right out of his book. And of course, Osmus was the former angels manager. And so they said, Oh, he absolutely loves to do that. And Elvis did it previously and they've been working on it since uh, spring training. So it had Osmus written all over it. They've done it a couple of times and I absolutely love it. It's one of the things I used to like do college softball, high school softball. I love that play because infield flies, not on there's a runner on first. It has to be a runners on first and second for infield fly rule to be in effect. So they're taking advantage of the fact that, you know, they could get two outs for the price one. Like, do people fall for it? No. But is it a good idea, especially if you have a faster runner on first base than the one that is like going to first base? In this situation, I don't know if that was the case. I think it was like Renhifo and Adele or something. So I don't know about their relative speeds, but everybody kind of the collective like, oh, when Nick Allen dropped it shows you that like nobody was expecting that. And he and he sold it so well as if he's going to like trick the umpire into, you know, thinking that he just he didn't intentionally drop it, which I love. So I did too. There's a different strategy for it. So some people want to just like let the ball drop and keep it in front as if like, hey, I lost it in the lights or something like that. With Elvis, sometimes he would kind of like catch it, but like drop it straight out of his glove, but keep it nearby. The key is to keep it nearby because if you kick it, then it doesn't help you at all. So I loved it. The umpires didn't fall for it. Um, I wish that there was some clarity on that rule there because, you know, where is, is it like an acting job? Is that a judgment call there? Like if, what if he really does lose it in the lights and he drops it like that? Are the umpires allowed to say, oh no, yeah. Toss the second step on first double play. Yeah. And I guess it depends on, um, it could be a judgment call and what the official scorer says. And I know sometimes it could be a fielder's choice in certain yeah. aspects, uh, but I think that's what it was labeled tonight was a fielder's choice. But yeah, I, how do you measure that? Sometimes? I wonder if, um, if Brad Osmus's tigers from, I think it was like four, 2014 to 17 that he was the manager there. I wonder if we saw a little more of like Jose Iglesias, Ian Kinsler kind of trickery like that too. I don't recall it because I didn't watch a ton of tigers games during that time. Nobody really that'd did. Be interesting to see. And it's yeah. cool to see that like, you know, the bench coach is having that kind of influence on the defense. I love it. It's gamesmanship. It's cool. Like baseball IQ stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so Shohei Otani was in town and when he comes into town, it's a little bit extra. Uh, I overheard <laughs> PR talking yesterday saying that there was 17 extra Japanese media members added to the credential list and we're kind of used to it and I know you always post this thing on Instagram story with all this extra luggage because there's a little bit more people Mm -hmm. in town um and I copied you on the Instagram story as well Mm -hmm. um and then but it's kind of interesting because Shohei Otani he has this routine that he does of course I've only seen him here but he'll throw a ball against the wall. And I think it's a weighted ball. And what it'll do is you see the sea of people kind of go out there and just watch him do everything. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, if that were any other player, maybe like Aaron judge or something in, in New York, I would assume it's kind of like that, but he wouldn't get that much attention. And I remember he threw, or he hit his 100th career home run at the Coliseum last time. And I wasn't paying attention to 
the fact that it was a career home run, I just thought, well, show Shohei Otani, everybody thinks it's a big deal. But you see the authenticators running toward the home run and picking it up and all of that. And then PR got a hold of it. And I was just like, I guess I'll just like take a photo of it as the reporter, like whatever. And I, I posted it. And then the next thing you know, the Japanese media, they're holding it and posing with it, taking mm-hmm. selfies with it. And I was like, that dude's got like his his following. Yeah. Well, Japanese media follows big Japanese players in general. I mean, Shohei more so than any, but like yeah. Seiya Suzuki, mm-hmm. for example, he's got his whole cadre of people that follow him. And the Japanese media, they're so unbelievably polite oh yeah and organized and all of the cameras and the suitcases are lined up like we have you know a very narrow press box hallway and you see these very expensive cameras just kind of lined up so that nobody will step on them obviously and they're very just respectful and polite and like all of them want to make sure they cover him properly and from various different outlets around the country so it's just so cool and we had um Shohei Otani's major league debut in Oakland and we hosted the angels and I think it was around opening day or something. And I think I recall something like 280 media members in the press box mm-hmm. that day. It was insane. We have one elevator. Yeah. So you did that. It was crowded. It was crowded, but it that was should or- be our drinking word today. You do the math. You do the math. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it like, it's really cool just to see them come to town. Of course you didn't play tonight. Um, mm-hmm. He's got the start tomorrow. He's got the start tomorrow. But you know who else has the start? Mr. James, James Caprillion. Caprillion. So good luck, Otani. Yeah. Um, and didn't, was it Caprillion that beat Otani like when they went head to head in, in Anaheim? Am I allowed to say Anaheim or is sounds, it Los Angeles at this point? I don't know. I feel like they're the Los they're, Angeles, Anaheim, uh, Ontario, I think they, Santa Clarita Angels P. of Diddy, California. P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, Snoop, yeah. Lion Dog. Um, yes, the answer is yes. Yeah. Well, I think, I think they did an alteration recently too. They took away one of the words. It's right now. It's Los Angeles Angels, but I refuse to say. You know, oh, your yeah. attention, please. Now pitching for Los Angeles. Yeah. You know this guy, um, because to me, it's the Dodgers are Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I was always kind of you know it was California Angels growing. I'm old. Oh God, I'm so old. California, Anaheim, etc. So it's Los Angeles right now. Yeah. That's the flavor of the week. I agree. Uh, speaking of how old you are, happy birthday. Oh, thank Let's you. Let's cheers to your birthday. Okay. That's a good We're one. We're cheersing with Alka-Seltzer at this point because mm-hmm. I'm old. It's time. I've got warm milk here. <laughs> it's like four hours past our bedtime. Thank God that game was quick. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was thinking the game ended and I was looking at the clock. I'm like, it's still really late, you guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, but god i gotta say there was something so cool that happened yesterday on my birthday and i don't like i'm not a big birthday person but my friends just made it so so special and so did you and thank you for helping four of my friends mary beth carrie amy and bonnie they had t-shirts made they said shimmy number 14 because that's here for the voice here for the voice here for the voice Happy birthday, go ice. And by the way, they're all Giants fans. So they refused to wear green and gold, but they compromised on black and pink. And they sat there and rooted for the A's and wore their t-shirts. And I didn't know it until I looked down. So I'm like kind of posted up above 220 and they were in 120. So I looked down and I'm like, oh, who are those four people? They must be part of some kind of group or something. And then I noticed my name on the back of the shirt. And I was like, oh my God, I was so, I was I almost cried. And they, I um, did, I did cry. They put them on the jumbotron. Yes. Yeah. Because 
you probably helped facilitate that. Very little. I have had very little help to do with anything. And it was so cool. I just, I turned bright red, you know, it's just, it was, it, it was so, so sweet of them to make it really special for me. And like, what better thing to do on your birthday than work an A's Giants game? Like that's, Awesome. I mean that my I birthday hope- is December 7th. So thanks. Yeah, for that. I, I don't have any baseball <laughs> during my birthday. We can do you do hockey. I thing. was thinking like next year I'm gonna do a half birthday and get a sweeter Pearl something. Harbor though. So December 7th. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Too soon. It is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a day that'll live in infamy. I was born. Um, we have to do a shout out to, I don't want to say our number one fan. Cause you know how I feel about uncle Mark, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Paul B not to be confused with Paulie B. No, Paul but B every, on Twitter. I will say Paul B on Twitter. Every time I, sh- I say Paulie B day, he'll respond and say, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he loves listening to our podcast while he's walking before mm-hmm. we get into a correction. We have to actually, you have to make, I'm have fine. I'm fine. Over I know. Here. One, I'm over. He likes to walk during podcasts, and and Amelia likes to walk to. Well, let me rephrase. Amelia <laughs> likes to go on excursions, adventures, hikes. I'll be on like, I'll be like, just you want to go on a, a jaunt? Do you for the walk record, for, for a little the, bit. The first then... time, the first time you asked, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I did not know what I was getting myself into. Yeah, it was like eight miles later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we actually started singing Eminem or rapping Eminem by the end of it. But I will say, um, now she tries to invite me and I have healthy boundaries and I say, hell no. I mean, you've got smaller legs. I have smaller legs. You take one step. I have to take two and a half. That's fair. Yeah. So, so anyways, our friend, Paul B, Mm -hmm. he, he takes walks and listens to us, which we appreciate. Shout out to you, Paul B. We really appreciate it. I do. I do have to admit that I was wrong about Toto. He sent me the Wikipedia page for Toto and they are not a one hit wonder. They absolutely have several hits and are a big deal. And Rosanna, you were right about that song. Um, So yes, though I do love the song Africa and it is by far my favorite and only Toto song that I know. Yeah. There, I should not have said one hit wonder. That was rude and unfair. Um, that is unfair, but yeah. you know, what's I, okay. Here's a one hit wonder pet peeve of mine. Mm-hmm. When you have a one hit wonder and those can be, you can argue what's a one hit wonder sometimes, but when you see that band who's known for one hit and they have a greatest hits album <laughs> it's a, and it's a single. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I was saying. Like if it's a single, that's like kind of hilarious, yeah. but they have like nine or 10 tracks on this yeah. quote greatest hits album, but they're a one hit wonder. I'm trying to think of someone like Chubba Wumba. Chubba Wumba. That's what I was going to say. If you're going to have a, I don't know if they actually do, but if they did, like that's hilarious yeah. and good on you. Oh man. Yeah. I can't think of any one, other one hit wonders right now. It's going to crush Whip me. Whip it by Devo. There you go. Mambo number five, Lou Bega. Poison, Belle Bib DeVoe. I don't know. The Macarena, Great song, by the way. The Macarena by. What would your walk-up song be, by the way? I hate this question because it changes all the time. I did. We can table it for the next show if you want. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's actually you should ask me that every single time. Okay. Um, today would be "Lay Me Down" by Dirty Heads featuring Rome. Okay. Because I'm just super into that song right now, yeah. and I'm. It's you one played of my, it earlier. It's, yeah, it's one of my all-time favorite songs. Like, just sometimes I like like picture myself in San Diego with some tree. Just chilling. some tree, some tree. <laughs> okay, I was waiting for the S there on the end of that. It didn't happen. Did not. No, no S. Um, mine would. Thank you for asking. Mine would be <laughs> corrupt. Who ride with us? And if you Google that or do, you know, Spotify. Is that a one whatever, hit? Are they a one hit wonder? No, corrupt is no. Corrupt is on <laughs> other stuff. 
who ride with us. Um, the beginning of it, it just starts so hard. It's like, oh man, you know, she's batting now. Let's go. We we recognize this. It's great. And and the A's used to play it a lot mm-hmm. at the Coliseum. So, anyways, I know we took a little tangent. It's it's, there. A, it's an important question, but I got to be honest. Every time I'm I'm asked that, it's I, I it's difficult for me to answer. Mm-hmm. Which is why, like Nick Allen has several songs, and mm-hmm. I respect that. Matt Chapman yeah. used to do that too. Um, for the podcast though, Paul B does like to listen when he's walking. Yeah. When do you, are you a podcast listener? Oh yeah. 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 When, I'll listen. When do you listen to mostly podcasts? when I'm walking? Because yeah. my commute fortunately is very short to Mine work. Too, I live yeah. in Oakland. So, yeah. um, and that's why I got home so early today. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Yeah. I listen to podcasts when I'm walking. There's a couple good baseball ones or I listen to like the news ones, New York times stuff, the daily, um, but yeah, podcasts are like my, I feel like that makes me older now. No, like you know, you, you now. literally walked in on me listening to Oprah. That's fair. Yeah, that's true. I love my Oprah podcast. Yeah. yeah. What are your, what are your go-to? What are your, do you listen to music? Well, on my runs? When you're stuff? on your runs or walks or workouts? Uh, or I don't even know I say runs. I don't do, go, I don't go on runs. Well, you do work out a lot. I though. work out a lot. I can't believe, I can't believe I said I went on runs. I, I hate lying to people. You could have just gone with it and everybody would have That really upsets me. I can't believe I just lied to you. Um, yeah, I'm usually music. I'm usually music. And you know, I love country music. I cannot work out to country music. Mm, that's fair. Every now and then I will. Um, yeah. But on my long drives, like when I'm going back to Reno, I listen to my true crime podcast yeah. and Oprah. Yeah. You know, Raleigh's upside down, by the way. She's always upside Raleigh, down. Raleigh, for the her- record, is her cat. Raleigh just fingers. so we don't have to get sued. Um <laughs> <laughs> Raleigh fingers is my cat and she is always upside down and I love her energy. It's just, and she's looking at us now. Yeah. So so glad she could be part of this. She's so regal. I love it. Um, yesterday was a really big day. Uh, the hall of fame presentation, the Oakland A's hall of fame presentation. Mm -hmm. Um, it was before the game even happened. It was a doozy. It was, um, I know you had a lot of scripts to write. You had a lot of presenting to do. How, how'd that go? I, I wrote some of the scripts. I helped out with those and we had some really cool presenters, which, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't reveal the names before, but now we can say we had Reggie Jackson mm-hmm. there. We had Ricky Henderson there. That was super cool. Yeah. You know, Joe Rudy, obviously being inducted boost. That was really cool. Um, I think it was a great day. I mean, the, it, the score wasn't what we wanted, but like the crowd was great. I forgot the, a game was even played. Right. To the be ser- that's sometimes how I feel. So when you work in productions, it's like, it's all about the pregame oh, ceremony. Yeah. And then when you get through with like a really, really long or hard pregame ceremony where there's like either a lot of words to say, or a lot of things that have to go right technology wise. Um, then once the pregame ceremony is done and first pitch is like, all right, we're done. Yeah. Just nine more innings, you know, and you always forget that yeah you definitely have an entire game to do but games we've done over and over again it's the pregame ceremony that's different i remember when we did the just quick quick aside when we did the 50th anniversary ceremony um in, in 2018 and eric burns was one of the people in the the 50th anniversary team he said to me beforehand i'm gonna sprint out and i'm gonna dive and i was like please don't do that because you're gonna <laughs> chew up the grass and the groundskeeper's gonna kill me or that's whatever where, so that's sitting... where you go like you're not like worried about him getting hurt you're like i don't want the grass yeah don't be... don't take an entire divot out of the field right before the game is being played so like you get nervous about things like that happening before the game and um but the ceremony was really fun we have a lot of other ones coming up too we've got like the streak team we've I'm got so excited to Stu's retirement jersey retirement. eric burns probably will go streaking <laughs> <laughs> he, yes. did, he did tell me he indeed will be there and he probably will be running naked. We had a, we had a um, kind of a skit on MLB network called let's go streaking or yeah. gone streaking or something like that, which Eric, you know, he would 
we did the unnecessary censorship or whatever. We yeah. like blurred out his yes. lower half as that. he like ran into the <laughs> studio and he was never actually naked mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe he was, but I won't tell you. I mean, no, he wasn't. Um, and it was always after like a team one ten yes. straight or something he would talk about. He'd it. probably do it in the team one, just one straight. Yeah. He's like, if the team, should I, <laughs> I just, I, can I streak? Yeah. Can I streak? Can I do it? Can I run? Technically yeah. when a team, when a team wins two in a row, that is a streak. It's a win streak. Fair. Yeah. Um, my takeaways from the Hall of Fame presentation, Ken Korak looked fire. I want to point out that it says that in the notes and fire is in all caps. He Ken looked, Korak looked fire. He looked so handsome. Um, he was the talk of the dugout today. Scott Emerson, his pitching coach, flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. Vimeo Machine mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Nick, Nick Allen mentioned, yeah. everybody mentioned it. I was like, Ken, you cannot be walking around here looking like that. You're mm-hmm. going to make everybody jelly. And he, and he, of course, being the humble, modest guy he is, said, you know, what does this mean that I looked like yesterday? And I was like, you still looked handsome, but now you're wearing a sport coat. GQ. GQ, for sure. Um, yeah, Ricky Henderson was there. He was wearing a very flashy undershirt. He always it, is dressed his, to the nines. Under his green jacket. And one thing that I really thought was interesting was Reggie Jackson, he presented, I believe he was the one that gave the award to the late Ray Fossey's mm-hmm. widow. Yeah, Carol, Carol yeah. He said he wanted to make sure he spoke about the fact that he really loves the city of Oakland. He loves the fans and the colors. And what was interesting was, and I don't know if this was me just looking into it, but I took a photo of him the last time he was here. It was with the Astros because he now works for the organization. He was wearing an Astros hat and I think it rubbed people the wrong way. Yeah, it rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. And so that was kind of, it was interesting to see him say that. um, And I think that was important for him to let Mm. people know that how important the Oakland A's what like not just to his career but just to who he is the person yeah. and always making a an appearance and all all of that so I thought that was cool mm-hmm. um right before leading into that and, and so I think that's why because like a lot of people were taking photos of him in an Astros hat and that's why people I know they they knew that he worked for the Astros but it's yeah. still wearing an Astros hat it's kind of weird to, yeah yeah exactly um yeah so yeah and of course Eric Chavez was not there he is a ace hall of famer I want the banner, the life-size banner that they had for him mm. in the middle. <laughs> I Wait, did you see the Voos banner? So we had six banners. I, I don't know what you want to call them. Banners, like upright kind of standing things. And the Voos one that was in the Steve Usenich, the one that was in the middle, it looked very wholesome. Like he was on a TV yeah. sitcom and it was the one that was in like the shot every single time that you cut to the TV angle because like the presenters and the speakers and the podium was like right between those two. So it was like, Uncle Voos looking over, just like watching in yeah. the most wholesome way possible. But the Shavi one, what did you think about that? I mean, it was it was good, but I want I want it. I want the life size one. Why? And I joke because he's my I love him. <laughs> and you know, the thing I loved about Chavez, and I was actually talking to was it Ken Korak? Um, no, I was talking to Townie on the pregame show. Was he was our era, Eric Chavez? And this mm-hmm. is no disrespect to the Reggie Jacksons and the Ricky Hendersons of the world, the Dave Stewarts of the world. But that was a little bit before, like we'd never sat in the seats mm-hmm. and really watched them. Yeah. Eric Chavez was my guy. And right. you want to talk about a full circle moment. I talked about this. I, I tell this story all the time, but I haven't really told it that much recently, but I did talk about it on the pregame show. And with Eric Chavez, when I was 11 or 12-ish, I went to my first A's game. This is from Reno. So we, it was a day trip. It was just, we hopped in the Jeep and we went. And the moment we got into the Coliseum, I believe it was a Wednesday whenever they had dollar seat nights and mm-hmm. Wednesdays. Yeah. So we yeah. got there and all those seats were sold out. So the amazing ticket people said, we're going to 
you can claim these, but you, we ran out of the seats. If you want box seats, we'll take, we'll, we'll cool. do this. So we sat down and my dad made the joke like, oh, I'm about to spend more money on food and drinks than I am for your seats. That was really cool. Then when we sat down here, a pop of the bat. And I was like, who is that? It was number three. And randomly there was this planner on the ground and it was covered in, in shells. Like, I think it was peanuts. I took it off, but it was like in pristine condition. I opened the program up and number three was Eric Chavez and him and I shared a birthday and I was hooked. Ah. I was hooked. And so I was like, that's that's really cool. But the interesting part was, was a week before I switched from first base because I was no longer getting tall and I was playing with all boys on a little league team. So they were starting to grow and I wasn't stopping or I stopped. Mm -hmm. So I went to third because I was like, okay, I'll do that. And instead the third baseman and I shared a position and uh, a birthday. And as time went on, I was looking through the, the program and I was like, oh, this guy resides in Reno. Who's that? The center fielder, Mark Kotze. So if you fast wow. forward to what's going on now, my very first, yeah, my very first assignment covering the A's in person, Eric Chavez threw out the first pitch. No way. Yesterday I was covering Eric Chavez's A's Hall of Fame induction and my manager is Mark Kotze. That's wild. Yeah. So it's really cool with that stuff. That's cool. Yeah. And um, so just like all those full circle moments, not even that, but like how many like small worlds you hear in the game of baseball and all of that. And I know for a fact when Eric Chavez is physically here for when the Mets are in town, he of course is the Mets hitting coach mm. and we're going to actually present the green jacket to him. He did leave us a good video message, which was awesome. And really showing how much of an honor it was because, you know, beyond just the fact that he was around during our era, he got an extension, which is like a gold mine these days, especially for a team like the A's and mm -hmm. just, I just, I remember his, just his lefty swing. It just felt like he was hitting balls out over the right field fence that were above his eyes yeah. every single time. I just kind I can picture it so vividly. And I also remember, and you talked a lot about his hitting being good and he's a hitting coach right now, but he won six gold gloves and he did the, the A's had the best commercials. Like I, I remember specifically a commercial that I love to watch where he had an actual gold glove on a glove made of gold. And he's like fielding ground balls and they keep going tink, tink, tink. And like, he can't feel them. And everybody's like, come on, Shavi, stop wearing your gold glove. It was, I don't know what they actually said. I but love those. I love those commercials so much. And I ended up when I worked at MLB network, Shavi did, you know, I guess kind of some guest analyst stuff. And so he came in kind of my first couple of years there. And I just remember thinking how cool this was that like yeah. my life had come full circle there too. Cool. All right. Do you want to do one rose, one thorn before we go? Oh, we not, forgot to do that. I'm not prepared for this. Um, you're right. But I think, Ooh, you go first. You go first. My, if you have one, I'll do my thorn first, just to like to get the crappiness out of the way. I, I don't even know if I had a thorn. I had to drive a little bit out of the way to go pick something up. <laughs> and when I picked it up, the person was kind of a butthead <laughs> other than that though killed my workout um and I realized the reason why I ask so many questions in post game with um Cole Irvin is because I do not want those interviews to end yeah yeah well I I won't say this is necessarily a thorn but I had I had a fun and interesting time navigating the name Magnuris Sierra today and also Max Stassi because if you say it Max Stassi it sounds like a 90s R&B band or something like that, but Max Sassy. So I 
can't even say it right right now i mean it's been it's been a day you don't have to say it anymore (laughs) until tomorrow there's certain (laughs) names that i can say just perfectly until it it comes time to actually say them like four or five times well there's uh, we'll both be like yeah i've seen you like read out your scripts and you're like how do i talk for a living and same thing like (laughs) if i'm trying to explain what i'm supposed to say but the moment the microphone there is there it's it's different but yeah um my rose i mean just, I'm still just overwhelmed from yesterday. How awesome that was that my friends did that for me and that we had such a great weekend with, you know, all the fans there and the, the scores weren't what we wanted, but I just had such a great weekend and it was really cool. And just felt like, I don't know, just the buzz was Mm -hmm. great. So that was fantastic. I gotta stop saying the word fantastic. Why would you ever stop? It's like the fourth time I've said it today. Why is that a bad thing? I don't know. I'm just going to, it's, I mean, I mean it, but I yeah. need, I need a new word. I'm going to mix I get in something it. else. Sometimes you, Marvelous. you're attached to Splendid. it. When you're attached to a word, it, you're swell. attached. Yeah. Don't ever swell. use swell. Now that I'm, now that I'm older, I'm using swell. Sorry. Yeah. Take it or leave it. <laughs> so I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. No, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. Cheers. I'm going to let you go. No, you, no. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. Okay. All right. I'm going to let you go. This is the last call. Last call. Last This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.